Okay, ladies and gentlemen, this is Groove Talk Radio, your current events, news, politics show from a black man's perspective. This is Studio W The Buzz. Today is February 28th, 2017. We are live on the air, Groove Talk Radio. Um, as always, I am your host, Robert Dalen Brown, uh, Groove, known as Wisdom. We have um, a special guest here in the, in, in the studio. Um, our, our regular co-host, Tierra Van Meter, is not with us today. He is traveling, and we wish him well. Um, we do have Jamal Hawkins in, in, in the studio as well. But we have a uh, guest in the studio, uh, Reverend Demery. I- I'll let Reverend Demery uh, introduce himself. Reverend De- Demery, how are you doing t- uh, this evening? I am blessed. I'm above ground, and I have my health. Very good. You want to tell uh, Groove Talk Radio Nation a little bit about yourself? Well, I'm just a humble man that loves God. I pastor the uh, Mentone Congregational Church in Mentone, California. Um, I'm a pseudo-scholar, a uh, pseudo-historian, <laughs> and a lover of the Lord and His Word. But other than that, uh, I attempt to uh, keep myself informed with correct information and that which is right in an attempt to... Uh, be as uh, disseminating with that and and as it goes in terms of theology i'm a i am a um an existentialist so those of you who know what an existentialist is you know reinhold niebuhr and and those and the like so we're free thinkers in that sense very good um being a free thinker in the pulpit is a very interesting thing to be in this 2017 era of uh your current president donald trump <laughs> It's a very interesting place to be. Yes, sir. Um, do you find any kind of pushback from congreg- from your congregation, any kind of uh, comments? or h- How does a church survive and become what they need to be in this era of Donald Trump? Well, I think one of the things that I attempt to teach and to purvey to the congregation, one of the worst things that preachers do every worship day is to convince the people to think like they think. And I tell them, I don't want you to think like I think. Study to show yourselves approved so that I stand beside those, not in front of them and pull them where I think they should go or push them where I think they need to go. I stand beside them. My role is to adequately exegete the text, to give them what God has given me, and then it's up to them to process it and then be able to apply it to their lives to become better individuals. Because one of the worst things in the world is to be like that old commercial that some of you might be too young to remember, some of you might, uh, the Taco Bell commercial, mm-hmm. where the, 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 the boss would say, well, where are we going to eat lunch today? The same place we always eat. Same place, same thing, same time, same place, <laughs> same thing. And, and I so I try to get out. You, know, you remember that commercial? So I try to get out of that mode and allow people uh, to be challenged, and I, my folks will tell you, I, I get them mad at me sometimes, and 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 they get mad at me. But I said that's okay, as long as you are growing. This last week, to be real brief, and I know we need to move on. We talked about the um, text in Matthew chapter 17, where Jesus was transfigured. And the disciples were there, and they watched him, and they saw it, and they witnessed. Peter talked about it again in Second Peter. But the point about transfiguration, the word in Greek means metamorphosis, means that you have to go through change. If you're the same person you were last year, something is wrong. Mm. You need, especially if you're a Christian and you're growing in a faith journey, you don't, you can't even be the same person you were six months ago. So you need to move forward and grow in your faith, grow in your relationship. And if you call yourself being more Christ-like, don't, don't, don't adhere to the bumper stickers that you see on people's right. car and say, what would Jesus do? It ain't about what Jesus did. We know what he did. Right. It's about what we do every day, how we interact with our brothers and our sisters and interact with our fellow man. That's what it's about. I love it. I love it. Hey, Nation, we're dropping knowledge on you tonight. Um, actually, we drop knowledge on you every night. I want to let y'all know what this uh, studio does. Here at Studio W to Buzz, we have a full lineup every day, seven days of the week. And um, just uh, just for a couple minutes, I want to let, not even a couple minutes, a couple seconds, I want to let you know what's going on this week. On Sundays, 
We have the Boomerang Show at 3.30 p.m. Pacific. And that's uh, Reverend Demery and William Brown talking on the Boomerang Show, 3.30. On Mondays, we have the Winter Harris Show, which is a good show you do not want to miss. That's every Monday at 6.30 p.m. Pacific. On Tuesdays, of course, we have this show, Groove Talk Radio, every Tuesday night at 5.30 Pacific. On Wednesdays, we have the Will and Will World on Finance show Wednesday mornings at 11 a.m. And then later that evening, we have a brand new show. We have a brand new host coming on this week, um, actually starting tomorrow. For all of you people who are into R&B and that soul music, smooth jazz, we got a brand new show on Wednesday nights at 5 p.m. It's um, uh, the Midi OT show. And you got to tune in tomorrow night at 5 p.m. for that. On Thursdays, we have a, a couple of really good shows, hot shows. Mr. Melody, who has a large, large audience. He's playing blues and jazz on Thursdays at 6 p.m. And then later that night, we have Adrian Braxton, Taisha Green, and Catrice Kobe Lover doing the Thursday Night Ladies Night. And that's later that evening at 8 p.m. Thursdays. And Fridays, we have Adrian Braxton joining us back for Braxton's Back. And that's at 7 p.m. And then on Saturdays, to round out the week, we have a 9 a.m. Eating as an Act of Worship with Ann Wooten-Taylor. And we have a sports show, 5 p.m. on Saturdays. Let's see if we can get this caller going. Uh, this is Studio W to Buzz. Caller, you're on the air. Who am I speaking with? This is uh, Deacon Clarence Trope. Deacon Clarence Trope. Deacon, how are you doing? Well. Uh, speak up a little bit louder. Say that again. Well, how are you? Okay, very good. Where are you calling from? I'm calling from uh, Bloomington, California. Bloomington, California. Okay, very good. Did you um, want to speak a little bit um about what Reverend Demery was talking about earlier, or did you want to uh, speak about anything that's on your mind, current events, news, politics? What question did you have for us? Well, uh, a little bit about politics. I just wanted to uh, share, and I'm pretty sure you, you folks have discussed this a uh, little bit in the past already, but the similarities um, with the current president uh, and and the things that was happening in Germany in 1933, and I wanted to touch base on couple of those issues okay so you 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 connecting the dots here for us right the things that are happening now and the things that happened in germany huh yes okay well in 1933 uh let's understand one thing uh hitler ran for uh prime minister in 1932 he lost the election the popular vote went to general um uh oh god he was the uh the general from world war one uh general hindenburg and the the um, uh, blimp, the Hindenburg was named after him. Okay. He won the election with the popular vote. And uh, how Hitler came to power is that the Nazis had taken over uh, a good portion of their so-called Congress at the time, and they couldn't get any bills passed. So von Hindenburg had asked uh, Hitler to become chancellor to get control of of the Congress. Hmm. Well. He got into that position, and a year later, von Hindenburg died. And one of the first things that he tried to do was um, he disbanded the uh, unions. Their unions were not allowed. He put restrictions on the media. There were certain media um, uh, types, newspapers and everything. He shut those down. And then he tried to put certain people out of the country. It wasn't just the, It wasn't just Jews, but anyone who was not of Aryan descent, he hmm. was ready to uh, get them out of the country. And I just noticed some of the similarities right, with this right. uh, current president. And I just wanted to touch bases and, and uh, uh, you know, have you guys, uh, maybe if you want to discuss it or whatever. Um, actually, you, you, bring up, you do bring up an interesting point. We were um, actually talking about this a little bit earlier today before the show got on the air. We do have a very unique situation here in the United States. We have a president who is effectively trying to do what he can to disrupt and shut down the media. Right? Exactly. 
And uh, we have people in his own Republican Party, people like John McCain, people like uh, former President George W. Bush, who's coming out to say uh, Trump is wrong <laughs> on all accounts. Shutting down the media is the first step toward dictatorship. Would you agree with that, Deacon? Exactly. Yes. Do you think this is what, I mean, is this playing out like something we've seen before? <laughs> yes. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, if you remember the statement from Winston Churchill, who said those that fail to learn from history are doomed to repeat it. Hmm. And uh, if we're not paying close attention to what we're seeing right now, we're going to go through this, and it's going to be a whole lot worse than what happened in 1933. Not only because of, I mean, 2017 has a, a far greater reach we have the advent of media technology that is bringing this message globally and so it's not just one country hearing what's going on in the united states it's worldwide we have a worldwide audience that is paying attention to this new administration and you're right we are on the verge of repeating ourselves am i saying it right deacon oh you you're so correct and 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 please understand that uh, at the time when hitler came to power um, the uh, German country was trying to recover from World War One. Hmm. They had all of these war debts that they had to pay. Our economy is doing well right now. And if America's economy is doing well, uh, so are uh, many of the countries throughout the world. And uh, as long as we're doing okay, fine. Once we start to go into a hole, then we're going to have a problem. You know what, Deacon? I appreciate your call, man. Uh, you can call at any time. Um, thank you for the call. Feel free to call and let your, uh, let your friends and family know that we are on the air every Tuesday at 530. Sounds good? I sure will. And thank you for taking my call. God oh, bless. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Um, interesting point he made there, Jamal and uh, Reverend Demery. I mean, we had a caller who is just connecting the dots between what we're seeing now and what we saw 80 years ago. Right in in Germany, what what what, what, do, you, what do you think about that, Reverend Dimmer? Well, um, I'll take my mic. So. Okay. Well, just real briefly, I think um, Dick Trope, which I know him very well and have read his book, which is very apropos. There's two quick things that I want to comment on. First of all, Hitler took completely out of context Nietzsche, who was the one that talked about Arianism, and how he even got a hold of that whole thought was that Nietzsche's um, sister sold the rights to Hitler. Second of all, the thing that took place was is that Hitler took completely out of context what Nietzsche was saying. And then Bonhoeffer, many may have heard who Bonhoeffer, Dietrich Bonhoeffer was one of the greatest theologians in the, that came out of the German um, era at that time. He was thrown in jail because he was voicing the same things. He says, look you guys, this is what is happening. It's kind of like what um, Daniel told King Nebuchadnezzar when the handwriting was on the wall. The handwriting is on the wall, y'all, so we have to be very careful about what is happening. Dietrich Bonhoeffer warned us. Um, the, the, uh, 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 Hitler took complete out of contact with Nietzsche was saying about the Arianism, and it's like, you know, we talked about last Sunday on the show that if we're not careful, we're slow to repeat what history has already done. And, uh, you know, I don't want to point the finger or be the prophet of doom, you know, and, and I don't consider myself a prophet, but we have to be in the spirit of prophecy. And this man is wrong on every account. There's nothing right about what he's doing. Okay. Yeah, I think that uh, with Trump, the thing that uh, that kind of baffled me is how he's going at it with the media when uh, considering how his uh, administration got off to start, you would think that he would try to use the, the media to his benefit because mm-hmm. attacking them. I mean, the media can either, you know, be uh, an asset to you or mm-hmm. it can be a liability to you. Mm-hmm. And you're, you're admitted, you came into the presidency already under fire. And by attacking the media, all that's going to do is every uh, opportunity you give them to criticize and, and, uh, and trash your administration, they're going to. And you're seeing that now. Every every slip up you do, they're going to jump on it, sure. and and they're going to have, uh, and they're going to get the word out, and they're going to bash you, and, and you're mm-hmm. going you're going you're going to do so much damage control mm-hmm. that it's going to take away from your presidency, and, it's, and and at the end, unless they get it fixed within this first term, it's going to affect 
his uh, his party in the next election. Mm-hmm. It's, it almost probably going to make it easier for the Democrats to win the next election because just like they were tired, uh, a lot of people during this election, they were tired of what's been going on and it helped him get elected. It can be the exact opposite for his party mm-hmm. and it may affect him. And you see it with, you know, the... Um, the first topic we're going in with the education uh, secretary mm-hmm. and uh, Betsy Devils and the comments she just made about the uh, when the meeting with the uh, HBCUs, the comment that she made, you know, it was an ill-advised comment. It her what she wanted to say, possibly was in the right mind, but the way she said it was wrong, and the media jumped on it, and rightfully so. She, you make a comment about historically black colleges being the pioneer of school choice when. And not expect a backlash from that. How do you, how do you, how do you get yourself to say that and, and not expect the backlash that came from it? You say that historically black colleges is the, the, uh, pioneers in school choice when, when you look at the history of it, what choice did African Americans have as far as schooling? Are you saying that they looked at these white schools and the black school and really sat down and thought to themselves, let me really think of the pros and cons of going to which school? Or was it these schools were established because this was where we went? And, you know, to, to try to, to, to make that statement is, is not exactly what really happened as far as how those schools were developed. It wasn't like we had a choice. That was what we had to do. Reverend, you want to uh, give me a take on it? Just real quick, I know our host wants to comment too, but I think it's a clear case of taking things out of context. There is a German phrase that we use in theology called Zeitz und Leben, and it means setting in the context of the situation. And what she did was classic in terms of systematically taking out of context on the one hand, and the second hand, I think, she just ignored as a box of rocks. Hmm. You know what, she, uh, uh, um, earlier today she tried to backpedal and she tried to explain her comments mm-hmm. and tried to mm-hmm. use Twitter to try and, um, explain what she meant. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing that's, to me, the most frustrating part of this whole Trump administration. We have too many people who are going onto the media mm-hmm. and saying the wrong things and then trying to explain later, oh, well, this is what I meant. Mm-hmm. This is what I meant. We see it with Trump. We see it with Betsy DeVos. We mm-hmm. see it with Kellyanne Conway. Mm-hmm. We saw it with the press secretary, Sean Spicer. Mm-hmm. We're seeing it with all of these people. Everybody is saying the wrong thing and then trying to mm-hmm. fix it later when they realize there's too much backlash. Mm-hmm. And that, to me, is a big, big problem. Because for two reasons. One, you have people who are not being careful with their language. And that's a very, very important thing, especially for people who are not so savvy in the citizenry. You know, you have citizens who don't always pay attention. And so if someone comes onto the media and says something really outlandish, a lot of people will jump on that and run with it and not pay attention tomorrow when you apologize. Right? Right, because the damage is done. And the number two reason why is terrible is because... Once these people say these really ridiculous things and the media starts running with it, Trump and Kellyanne Conway and all these people can say, well, that's not what I meant. See, it's the news that's um, uh, attacking me. It's the news fault. It's the news fault because they knew what I meant. And now it's a war between the news and the presidency. You understand what I'm saying? And um, you might want to. Um, you can grab the other mic. You, um, you, 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 the idea is, is ridiculous because we have a lot of people out there who are locking on to the very first comments that are made, these news bites, and then all of a sudden they run with it and then spreads like a virus. You know? I mean, it, 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 it basically goes to is that you have to be careful with what message it is that you're trying to say because, you know, words are, are just like bullets. Once it's out, it's out. You can't get it back. And people underestimate the interpretation of what you say. I remember I was at a Starbucks and, uh, these, uh, these, uh, two guys were having a conversation and, you know, uh, one of them was homosexual and they was talking about, you know, some things that they were going through. And, you know, I'm just sitting there listening and he made a comment that 
that said that you know with with how we're being treated now we're we're it's we're it's the same as as with um you know the thing the blacks went through with civil rights and it kind of i kind of like looked at them and i heard people say and, stuff and like you know that. it's like is is i understand that you know they're going through struggles just like black people went through struggles but to make that comment to a black person they're going to interpret that the wrong way because no you're not it's not the same mm-hmm. the things that was happening to black people during these times were legal yeah you were getting yeah. holes. You were getting attacked by dogs. You were uh, you were getting hung. And you were getting sank- and, and it was sanctioned okay. by law enforcement. In t- in today's time, if you use the word gay, you'll get backlash. You got people that lose endorsements for saying it. You uh, you had an actor, and uh, and one I forget that was the the show at the hospital um, in which he was a Grey's Anatomy. Grey's Anatomy, and he lost his job for a comment. You know, so to to and you know if. I understand what the person tried to say, but you know when you have to really think about what it is you say because the interpretation is is uh is going to be huge. Let's see who's on the call. Um, caller, you're on the air with Groove Talk Radio. Who am I speaking with? Man, you're speaking to the one of the hosts of Groove Talk Radio. Uh man, Tierra, what's going on with you, man? Where are you calling from? Uh, I'm calling from Apple Valley, California. Out here trying to um put an alarm system on a house. Um, taking care of business. Sorry. I had to take care of some business, man. Um, uh, house I'm trying to buy and people's breaking into it already. Um, so this show was so good that you had to call in yourself, huh? Actually, you know what, man? Y'all, y'all, you guys are in the middle of a, of a, of a very good show. I just had to come in, um, um, throw my two cents in. Um, I'm hearing you, you guys talking about Trump and whatnot. Um, Trump is going to go down. Have you? I mean, the the latest on Trump is 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 it, it's almost getting to the point where you, where there, where there's no way to stop. There's going to be a trial. This is going to be just like the Iran Contra hearings, where it's on where it's on television every day. Uh, this is going to go big, um, and um, it's only a matter of time. It's, it's only a matter of time. I just wanted to kind of just throw that in there. Now, when um, you when you when you say it's only a matter of time, do you anticipate something happening like impeachment? Well, because something happens every day. Something happens every day. Like yesterday, yesterday they were just making the connection. Uh, this guy Paul Manafort, who used to run, uh, he was the he was campaign, the campaign manager campaign, at first, yeah. right? And he fired him over the summer. Um, and this guy had a lot of ties to the Ukraine. Um, he uh, got uh, a man uh, elected over in the Ukraine, and he's been in Russia and the Ukraine for like the last 20 years. He hasn't been even in the United States basically uh, doing anything with American politics at all. And so um, the Trump campaign came out recently and said, you know, um, uh, Donald Trump never even never met Paul Manafort until uh, he hired him for his campaign uh, to be his campaign manager. Well, that makes people wonder what made you hire Paul Manafort? He was a nobody in the United States. He doesn't know he hasn't run any you know political campaigns for any governors, any mayors, any senators, for anybody in the United States for the last 20 years. He's been in Russia and, and the Ukraine. And you just pick this guy out of left field to be your campaign manager? That's because a lot, I mean, of, a lot of people are, are realizing that Trump probably didn't pick him. He was picked for him. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's just too much. Like I'm telling you, on a daily basis, something crazy and that, 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 that's just unexplainable is really coming out involving Trump and his ties to Russia. This is like some Tom Clancy type of stuff. This is seriously going to turn into the biggest, um, uh, scandal ever. And as a matter of fact, let me just, uh, real quick, cause I don't want to tie up y'all show. But, uh, I, um, I, um, I got into it with this, with this guy at, at, at work today because he was jumping all over Kaepernick. And, uh, I had to remind him that we have bigger things to worry about. And, you know, you know, you guys are all pissed off at Kaepernick, but your president has been compromised. He, he, he quite possibly could be, you know, uh, a willing agent of Russia. And uh, since I know you got Reverend Demery over there, this man I know has been to Russia. Uh, what are the uh, Reverend Demery? What do you think about this whole dossier that came out, where you know Trump might have had, you know, with the whole with the hookers and the pee and. 
What do you think of all of this? Well, you know, very, very simple. And thank you for calling, Brother Tier. Um, uh, Brother Tier takes care of me when I go over to the VA. So thank you so much for all your hard work and your service to the vets. Uh, but, you know, just very brief, because I know we have to move on with the show. Um, it, it, it's kind of like this. If it has web feet, if it has a beak, it has feathers and a tail that waggles and it quacks, you'd probably be a duck. So when you line all these things up, Brother T.R., as you were saying, A plus B plus C plus D, it all lines up. One plus two is three, uh, uh, you know, and, and, and it, it's exponentially, um, you know, systematically following in line with everything else. So I think you're absolutely right. He he definitely has ties. They try to uh, divert the information away from it. They try to divert the discussion away from it. But you know, it's all clearly that this is 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 uh, the case that's happening. And so <clears throat> I think you're absolutely right. You know, absolutely right. You know what? I, go ahead, Tia. Go ahead. I'm just wondering, will they get them, will they get them out of there before the damage is done? Because right now, it's a scary situation when you have, uh, um, the president's chief strategist, uh, a known white supremacist, and then, uh, the general Mike Flynn, who had, you know, uh, a lot of, uh, white supremacist views, and then now the, 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 the chief, the, the basically in charge of the Justice Department, the a man that was named yeah. that, Attorney General named after two Confederate generals. I mean, he's put people in places that could really hurt us. And what's really scary is he's put a lot of military in charge of military. We're not supposed to have all of these generals in government. It's a scary situation when you have a general in charge of the Homeland Security, when you have a general in charge of the Department of Defense, well, you know what? A lot of it. Uh, a, a, a lot General of it. in charge of the National Security Agency. No, this, this doesn't happen. This is how we prevent Egypt and overthrows of government. It, it's really scary. You know, a lot of it has to do with uh, Trump and his middle school mindset. Mm. You know, uh, you know, he wants to put people who we think are strong leaders and nobody's stronger in his mind than generals. I mean, he he actually refers to them as the generals. You know, instead of by name, because he values these kind of labels you get what i'm saying and he's thinking in terms of like a middle school mindset and not really in terms of what's best for the country in terms of policy in terms of uh logic <laughs> the idea is hey this looks good i'll try this <laughs> you know instead of giving it much thought you know what here uh i appreciate you calling i'm gonna let you go handle some business out there in apple valley man and we look forward to having you back next week man I'll be back next week. All right, y'all take care. Great show. All right. Um, and ladies and gentlemen, I want to make sure y'all call in also. You have the opportunity to be on the air live with Groove Talk Radio. Call us toll-free. The phone number is 844-978-8346. After you call in, as soon as you hit that zero button, you'll be on the air live with Groove Talk Radio. Jamal, uh, what are you thinking over here? I mean, this, uh, I mean, everybody makes a lot of good points. Um, like you say, uh, you know, some of the people that this guy is putting in place shouldn't be there. Um, uh, it seems a lot of people that's, that's being, uh, appointed are people that, um, are probably least likely to challenge him. I mean, you just had one guy turn down a spot because, you know, he wanted to, he actually wanted to change, um, some of the people in that cabinet in those spots, like, uh, Bannon. He, you know, he wanted to report directly to the president. He wanted to, you know, some, some of those people that wasn't supposed to be there, he wanted to get them out. And that was one of the reasons in which he, you know, when they couldn't meet those requirements, he backed out of it initially. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, it does, it does make you concerned about some of the decisions he make. And again, it just goes to show that, um, he's trying to figure out this job while having the job. And, and and that's a scary thought. That is a very scary thought. I mean, and, I, I did that once when I was working at a part-time job in high, in, in high school. <laughs> but you're running the country. Yeah. You can't get the job and then ask to figure it out as you go along. But and, that's, that's what he's doing. And, and like you said, a lot of these things that he's, the decisions he's making are affecting the supporters that, uh, that got him elected to office. Mm-hmm. And going into the next topic is, uh, he recently talked about enforcing these federal laws on uh these federal marijuana marijuana laws hmm. and a lot of trump supporters own these marijuana businesses and 
you when this industry first got legalized on the state level, people dove into it and millions upon millions upon millions of dollars was made. And I remember when it, when they first the talks first came up, I've had discussions with people and I was telling them, I don't care what the state says, federally this stuff is illegal. Right. And at any time at any time that can be enforced and you can be breaking the law. Right. You can take it, I mean, don't, and God forbid you take it across state lines and that's trafficking. So, you know, they always had this, this, this cloud over this topic. And now people are starting to worry and I'm trying, I'm, I'm laughing at them now because, uh, he, cause he made the comment, uh, they're possibly uh, going to look into enforcing federal law. And now you got all these businesses that are potentially, you know, about to have some, uh, serious consequences of, you know, uh, losing money and, and, uh, and being affected by this, but it just goes to show, you know, when when something is federally le- illegal and it's approved on a state level, mm. the federal trumps state all the time. Well, here, here's my take on it. And now my take on it is some. there's a little bit of hypocritical nature here with Trump and the way that he is asking to um, regulate this federally, but not regulate other things federally. You know what I mean? Um, like for example, this whole transgender bathroom law, you know, I'm not transgender and I'm not a marijuana user. I don't, I don't, I'm not affected by either one of these things, but he's treating both of them differently. You know, he says, I think the transgender law needs to be left up to the states. It's all about a state's right issue. I'm going to let them have it. But yet when it comes to marijuana laws, Oh, no, no, no. Instead of a state's right issue, I think I'm going to regulate this federally. You know, and having the hip, having the um, double standard, you know, one is a state's right issue and one is not a state's right issue, even though both of them are state's rights issues. You get what I'm saying? Why, I'm, why do you, why do you think that is though? Why would he regulate why would one Trump, and not the other? Why, why would Trump want to regulate marijuana? You know what? I'm, I'm trying not to be a conspiracy theorist, but the only thing that I could come up with is if you regulate marijuana, you have a lot more uh, sentencing that you can do with black and brown communities who are um, users of marijuana. If the federal, if the federal government was profiting from these these uh, dispensaries and all that, do you think it would be regulated, or, or do oh, you think he would oh, be enforcing it? If the federal government was profiting off the dispensaries. It would be no question. There would be no regulation. There would be no enforcement. Exactly. So I mean, you know, is is to those to those that that are in these businesses and and are worried. Uh, I have no sympathy for for simple fact that of like we just said, if state and federal law, you are okay by the state, but federally this is illegal. And no, it's basic knowledge that federal law trumps state law. So now that the, these people are up and you know in an uproar, they're panicking. They're trying to figure out what's going to happen with them. They invested, you know, some people went all in and invested, you know, life savings into these businesses, and are on the verge of losing this. Right. I, no, I'm you know, so I'm, I'm with you. But here, here's my issue. Yes, federal law trumps state law. You're right. But. You had two presidents who are taking a very different approach to this federal law. You have two very different presidents taking two very different approaches. Even though under the authority of being the president, they have the right to do the same thing. They're not doing the same thing. They're not treating it the same. Why is that? Because you got a president that's that's in office that's probably deciding which executive orders he signed by a a random eight ball <laughs> magic eight ball am i going to enforce this executive order today shake this eight ball yes all right let me go ahead and sign this one let me go am i gonna do transgender uh maybe <laughs> you know so i mean that's what it seems like he's he's uh like he's doing for and another thing they're they're doing is this uh this tax reform bill on uh border taxes that's that can have serious repercussions on you mm-hmm. know this country you you want to implement a tax uh on uh you, you don't want to tax exports but you want to raise taxes by 20 percent on imports coming into the country mm-hmm. now what do you think is going to happen to these trade partners of the u.s 
and what's going to happen to the consumers in the United States. Hmm. What's your take on it? Um, trying to penalize companies by moving some of their manufacturing to Mexico and other places overseas and trying to penalize them by imposing import taxes they the comp- that doesn't hurt the company because the company is going to get their money if i'm a, if if i'm an auto manufacturer and i realize it's cheaper to make my cars over in mexico i can build a factory in mexico and it's cheaper to build the car in mexico i'm going to do it no matter what trump says he's going to do with taxing the imports because the tax won't hurt me when the product comes back into the country when that car gets built in mexico and that car comes back into the United States and that car is taxed a 20% tariff, that tax is going to be paid by the customer, not the company. All that penalizing is going to affect the consumer. It's not going to affect the companies. And we're going to be, in, in, in a sense, what's, I know this is going to be a little bit complicated, but in a sense, if he's trying to do this and use that money to build a border wall, we as American citizens are paying higher taxes to pay for this border wall through this border tax. You get what I'm saying? Which is another problem. <laughs> Reverend, what, you what do you think over there? Well, it, to me, it reminds me of this. It, it's about doing your research and looking at the bigger picture. <clears throat> Give you a real quick example. I was thinking about buying a um, uh, Prius, a Toyota Prius. Two levels that I was thinking about. One, can I fit in one? Because I'm a big guy, you guys. I'm six seven, so right. I had to figure out if I could fit in one or not. Right. Second of all, when I did the research behind it, some of you may or may not know this. Some of you do know this. That yes, you get a Honda, uh, a Toyota Prius, and you get this great gas mileage, somewhere between fifty plus miles per gallon. Do you know how much industrial waste is created by a by a Toyota Prius? Over ten thousand pounds of industrial waste is created per car. Oh, wow. So I said, well, what the heck am I doing? I'm getting better gas mileage, but I'm ruining the environment. How is that? Well, because of the batteries and the technology that goes into the thing, it's, it's oh, creating 10,000 pounds of industrial waste. Where is that all going? Landfills? You know, all this kind of stuff. So you have to look at the bigger picture. And it's the same thing that Trump is doing. Hmm. I said this on the show Sunday. One of two things is happening. Okay. It's systematically being done to trip us up um, in the fact that he's either a great charlatan, you know, a great uh, bamboozler, you know, like Malcolm X said years ago, you've been hoodwinked, hmm. you've been tripped up, you've been, <laughs> you've been lied on, <laughs> you know. Or the other thing is he's just incredibly ignorant. So it's somewhere between those two issues. And neither one of those are really are good. They're not good. <laughs> neither for the one country. of those are really, really good <laughs> options right there. You know what That's I'm saying? That's true. That's not a good look. Not a good look at all. Right. You know, so I mean, you know, with the taxes, uh, I, you know, there's two ways to, um, to violate the, uh, you know, the violations of, of what's, uh, going on with the, with the border taxes. And that's by, um, the first one is imposing an unfair import tax, and the second one is uh, supporting exports with uh, unfair subsidies, and that can violate both. That's right. mm. And so you have, um, tell, tell you me, know, tell me what you mean. Well, in uh, the uh, what is it, the World Trade Organization, which which deals with these issues, when looking at you know a decision, let's say the U.S. makes by violating the laws they have in place to see if other you know countries have a right to file their they're a retaliatory, uh, you know, a retaliatory effort towards countering what's going on from one country, mm-hmm. and it's it's two. That those are the two things that they look at to see if if they're in violation of. Hmm. You know, it's, those are the two ways that you can violate. It. And if you look at what they have in place, it actually can violate both. You know, it's a uh, it's an unfair. Um, what does it say? Unfair. So on the exports. Yeah. So they're imposing an unfair import tax. So they're gonna look at is this twenty percent on the import taxes? Is it fair? And then you have the uh your supporting and exports that's you know it uh it's unfair exporting and they're not taxing exports. Right. You know I, I'll see if there was a balance between what you're taxing import wise and what you're uh what you're taxing exporting, but 
Let's go ahead and get to this call. Okay, um, we got a, a, a another caller on the air. This is good. This is a hot topic. Uh, caller, um, you're on the air. Who am I speaking with? This is Groove Talk Radio. You actually have me on the air. I was hoping to talk to you guys later on about something. Is I actually it? talked to somebody a represented there. This is Scott Trimble from your show, and I'm also part of the High, De- uh, the high Desert uh, Rams here in Victorville. Okay. And I was wanting to, if you guys have like a some kind of sports uh, thing, I was going to invite you guys. Okay. And I'm actually, I went to school with, with the Braxtons. I would like to talk to you a little bit about that or have somebody call me back. You know what? Um, I'll tell you what, in about... Uh, I'll tell you what, in about uh, 30 minutes, why don't you give the phone number a call, and that way you can speak to our producer, William Brown. That's who you need to speak with is William Brown, all right? Okay, all right, thank you. Oh, no problem at all. Okay, thanks, bye. Man, it's the most calls we got in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> the line's been going uh, off. Yeah, yeah, maybe everybody's trying to avoid the uh, the the speech. Yeah. <laughs> you know, for all those people who are listening, we appreciate you listening to us instead of listening to Donald Trump's right. first speech to the Joint um, Congress here. Mm-hmm. I get we can't call it State of the Union, I guess, because yeah. he only he's only been office in office for a month, but. Now speaking of Trump, this this is what he made a statement which you know is so much BS that you know I don't know how you expected somebody to have any sympathy or believing when he said what in say? regards to the Affordable Care Act he said that uh, nobody that because uh, they were talking about what's the delay with it because you know how he was talking is that you know we're going to repeal this Obamacare within the first so many days and you know it's going to be better even though he never detailed what it was hmm. and he was asked about what's you know what's taking so long with it and he responded that his excuse was nobody knew that uh health care could be so complicated <laughs> like bro you know what i'm not even a politician and i know health care policy is complicated <laughs> your politicians discuss the issues and the challenges of health care every time they meet to discuss it you cover all these people, you, 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 have, you have a system that's supposed to cover all these people. And you're talking about coming in and changing it. And it's not being an issue. You tell somebody you got 30 days to get out of this house. Hmm. They're going to have some challenges with what they got with, with, right, right, with right. making that transition. And you want to talk about a health care with all these people that's, that's dependent on it. And, and the, if you, if you slightly change it, it's going to affect millions of people. No matter if if you just took out the covering your kids until they're in their twenties, that's millions of people right there, and that's just one topic of healthcare. You know so, what? I think I, I I think somebody said it best. A lot of what Donald Trump is trying to do is he's trying to run the country like he's trying to run a business, and it's causing some problems because when you own a business and you're in charge, you can say, okay, you know what? We're going to do this. And we're going to see if this works. And if it doesn't work, you know what? We're going to change course. And you guys just need to get this done. And the problem that he's being met with is congressmen, senators are not his employees. They don't, they're not his employees. They're elected officials that don't necessarily answer to him. And he's finding it hard to work with some of these folks. You get what I'm saying? And it's, I think it's, 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 it's coming as a, as a shock to him because he's, Physically doesn't have a history of working with people like this, and he has a in hard which, time getting in which used he, to it. In which he has to, you know, it's, it's not about just what he what it is that he wants to do and what he needs to learn is is you know it's just like a, in a marriage you have to learn to compromise. And politicians know this. Every politician that runs for presidency, they know that they they have an agenda of what they want to do, and. No matter which president is is in office, you got a mixed Congress. So some things you're going to be able to get, some things you're not. And it appears that with, with Trump is that the things that he want, he wants to push no matter what. Right. And he he doesn't know how to compromise and finesse it to where, all right, it's a little give and take mm-hmm. to where, you know, all right, you may get this, I may get this, but keep everybody for the most part as happy as they can to get everything to run smooth. And he's seeing the the... You just take with, with his his um, the conflict he's having with the media right now. Mm. He could have easily compromised with the media and finessed that in a way that would make this transition to president a lot smoother. But he's stuck on 
I mean, it, well, he's he's stuck on image. Exactly, he's like, stuck on image like or if, reputation. If look at look at sports. If I just won a Super Bowl, and three and a half out of the four quarters, people uh, fans are saying that it was some suspect things going on. At the end of the game, when the clock hits zero, and I'm hosting that trophy, I don't care how the game went. I'm the Super Bowl champion. Hmm. This dude is worried about popular votes. I'm the president. I don't care. Right. And he's still, but he, you know, he's he's still campaigning. Exactly. He tell he tell his he tell his supporters that you know y'all should counter by going out there and having a rally, and they did it. That's the crazy part. They right. did it. You know, um, I don't know if y'all realize this, but um, shortly after the inauguration, it was either a day or maybe two days after the inauguration, he applied for um, um, re-election. You know, you have you know he put in the he put in that application to be approved to run again in four years. This is this is not even a week after he was inaugurated. Now he's constantly on the campaign trail. He's constantly trying to get this approval. I think he's searching for that. I think he has a little daddy hole in his heart, <laughs> and he's trying very hard to seek approval from wrong places because he doesn't. He, he doesn't want to be the, the president. He wants to be the like president. He is seven. He's a seventy-year-old middle school student. He's a seventy-year-old hurt little child, and it's playing itself out in the national stage. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. It's playing itself out in the national stage. So if if you Reverend let me ask you if you were on his administration, what advice would you give him or or to try to curve the direction in which this presidency is uh headed? That's an interesting question. Well, it would be just like the Muslim lady that was on his staff. She lasted eight days. I wouldn't last one day. Hmm. Uh, it would be right off the bat because anybody that knows me will tell you, look, you know, you have to be held accountable for your actions. Quick example. We were talking about sports a minute ago. The gentleman called in about uh, giving um, some insight onto the sports show. Here we have a quick example. In 2015 when the um, Patriots won – the championship. Brady chose not to go to the White House when Obama invited him to go. Nobody didn't really make a big stink about that, but that was his choice. Here we have now 2000, uh, the, the, the latest Super Bowl 2015. The brothers on the team, which is made up about 85% black players, <laughs> right. decided not to go. Right. And now they're trying to make a big stink about it. Right. Come on now. You can't have it both ways. Right, right. And that's the way his his administration is running itself. Okay, well, don't do as I say, but do as don't do as I do, but do as I say. Right. You see? And you can't have it both you cannot have your cake and eat it too. Like you were just saying a moment ago. You can't run the presidency. You can't be the president like you're running a business. You can, it cannot happen because you have constituents, you have people that are elected officials. They don't have to agree with you. Mm. You know, you know what? Here, they here, don't have to be your cheerleader. They here, don't. They don't have to do what you want them to do. And and it, and all the all the citizens in this country, all they have to do is just open their eyes and see the results. You know, it, it, perfect example. Perfect example. In the first month of this presidency. Donald Trump is signing executive orders left and right, left and right, left and right. Travel ban this, travel ban that, immigration, step up, immigration, all this kind of thing. If you notice, not one bill has been passed, though. Not one. At this time, years ago, in, in Obama's inauguration, there were things that he was already moving forward with getting passed. He started working on that. Um, he started working on uh, some of the economic reform policies. He started working on health and education and energy right after inauguration. So his first month of office looked very different than Trump's. If you notice with all the speeches and all the words and all the media, this and that, we've now had this president for one month. Not one bill is passed. And part of the reason is because you need Congress. You need compromise. That's the word you said, right, Jamal? Yep, you need compromise. compromise. And he's running it like a business. You know, I'm going to write this executive order and what I say goes. Okay, executive orders are not the same as legislation. Mm. Executive orders are not the same as bills. They're temporary stop caps like a Band-Aid. Yep, which is why I went to the courts and the courts overturned it. it that's exactly right. 
That's that's exactly it, right. And and you know the interesting about Obama is he was getting things uh, sent uh, to be passed, knowing that he was going to face opposition, mm-hmm. knowing that that they were going to try to and if they could not pass a lot of the things that he wanted to. Yet he still had that plan, and you don't see it. With why? What bills are you going to pass, Trump? And and which what you what with how Congress is, you might have you gonna have a better chance than what Obama had at getting it passed. Why haven't you put anything on the table to even get to that point? What's up? I mean, you know, forget all these. I think part part of the reason is because bills and legislation take details. It's not about just speech, and it's not about this is what I think should happen, and blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Do what I say. It if you're gonna try and get something passed through Congress, Congress. You need to have all your T's crossed and you need to have your I's dotted and you need to have details, right? And I don't see Trump as a details kind of guy. I don't know if his people are detailed people, the people he have around him, but I, I don't get that impression with the things that they've been saying. You know, he doesn't have the brightest administration. He doesn't have the strongest cabinet. He do- And you would think, and that's, 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 that's what, and we've talked about this before on the show. And which I, I put myself in Trump's shoes. All right. I'm about to be, I'm a businessman and I'm about to be the president of the United States. I have no idea what it's like to be the president of the United States. I don't want people that I can tell what to do and they do. I want people that knows how to run this country and knows what being a president is. I'm about to, I'm about to, to, you know, fake this position as much as I can. I'm a, by surrounding <laughs> myself with people that that's know exactly what they're right. doing. That's exactly people right. that's with experience in, in politics, people that's been experienced with past president. Those are the people I want around me, yet that's not who he surrounded himself with. Because he could he could easily skate through these four years. That's why they have people write president speeches. Yeah, yeah. You think he's gonna get, you know, Joe Blow from around the corner to write this this uh this speech that he's about to address the country? No. Mm. They gonna get somebody that's gonna put together a not a good speech, and you know it's just you know it's just some of the decisions he make that is, is kind of like you know it's frustrating to see, because uh, you know obviously some of the decisions he has to make is very difficult, but some of them are borderline common sense, you know. But that's the state we in, and like I say, man, we we're barely into this presidency. Uh, one month. <laughs> it's February, bro. One month. We got forty seven months to go. <laughs> We got four. And he's a, uh, you, you, uh, I was seeing something about the spending that he's going to, to protect him. They've already exceeded, you know, millions of. Oh, paying Secret Service, paying the Secret Service for Because you want to be protected in two wife. spots. It's like, yeah. It's crazy, man. Yeah, yeah, 100%, man. Um, I think, num- going, I, I'm still stuck on the media, though. I'm still stuck on his war with the media because to me, it's the, it's one of the most ridiculous wars that, I mean, I know it's not technically a war, but it's the most ridiculous conflict that you can have, especially in your first month as president. You, this is the hill that he's gonna die on. He, he, he this is the, this is the battle he wants to fight is the one with the media. Pick he doesn't want to deal with Russia. He doesn't want to deal with Congress. He doesn't want to deal with health care. He doesn't want to deal with education. He doesn't want to deal with the problems that are about to happen with the energy. Uh, the Environmental Protection Agency. He doesn't want to deal with any of that stuff. No, no, no. What I care about is the media and, and yeah, fake there, news. Because in my short lifetime, there hasn't been one president, no matter whether they were considered a good president, decent, or bad. There hasn't been one president in my lifetime in which did not get and take any licks from the media. Right. You right, know, and, right, and you right. gotta have a, that's a position you just have to have a thick skin. You're gonna take your legs no matter what you do. Yeah. But when you get hit, it's not gonna be all praise, but when you get hit, you wanna just fight back and try to over, like do better and come better, harder at them than they came at you. It's, it's gonna do right. more. Everybody harm called, what, Richard Nixon was Tricky Dick. Mm-hmm. Bill Clinton was Slick Willie. <laughs> right. <laughs> and everybody had it out for Ronald Reagan. Mm-hmm. Everybody thought Jimmy Carter was just a moron, peanut farmer. And everybody went in on every president, right? As yep. soon as you say something about Donald Trump, nope, CNN, you're banned. Yep. You're banned. You're banned from the briefing room. Sorry. Banned you're, from you're the briefing room. You're not going to show up to dinners and you're, it's like you're pouting. Yes. And, and, and my, my, my thing is, okay, I don't care about how your administration is going to look. How do you think this country looks now to other countries? 
I don't. I, I can't even explain it. I mean, it's it's a t- people already did not like the United States. You have countries that do not like the United States, and to have this person be the president of this country is going to make it's going to magnify that. You have. I, I don't know if the speech already happened, but he was on his way to London to speak to Parliament, and and they asked him not to come. They asked him not to come. They they had people who were. Um, petitioning for the president of the United States to not speak to the parliament. When, when has that happened? And that's bad. Right? Never I, yeah, I've, I've never heard that happen. That's bad. And, you know, it just goes hmm. to say that, you know, you have to, you have to take all these things under consideration being in this position is, is not just about what you want to do. You got, you got, you got, you got to, in some cases, you have to stroke the egos of Republicans. You have to stroke the egos of Democrats. You have to stroke the egos of your allies. Hmm. You're going to have to do some things that you don't want to do. And it's it's like it seems like dude is resisting it. And, you know, he just needs to get a better team around him. Because it's like, like uh, Tierra was saying, he's making some very scary decisions that lead for legitimate concern. Right, right. And you know what? I keep saying that he is a 70-year-old middle school student, but... I have a son who's 12 years old in middle school and by calling Trump a middle school student is an insult to middle school students. You get what I'm saying? Because my son, my, my son and I, we actually talk politics quite a bit. We, ever since um, Obama was going for that second presidential campaign, we, uh, I, I talk with my son a lot about just, just at his level though, at his level. What do you think about this? What do you think about that? And now that he's in the seventh grade and they're having conversations in school, I'm trying to follow it up at home. And we talk a lot. I let him listen to the news. I let him. What do you think about this comment that he made? Man, my 12 year old goes in on Donald Trump, boy. I mean, he goes in on Donald Trump. I mean, he's like he agrees. I I don't know what's wrong with him. I, I don't know. He's doing stuff that doesn't make sense. 12 year old. 12. Twelve years old, seventh grade. Twelve years going old, going in on Trump. I would, I would like to see a debate with a twelve-year-old Trump. Mm, that would be good, wouldn't it? <laughs> I want to see if he started attacking a twelve-year-old on national television. Now I know we c- we're coming up to the six thirty um, mark here. Anything else you want to add to, uh, uh, Reverend? What's uh, final thoughts on the the state of this country as far as the politics? What's some things that's concerning you, or some things you like, whatever? Yeah, what, what do you think? Well, I would just make a quick comment that, you know, it's it's scary because anybody that um, is a free thinker and who threatens him, he's threatened by it, and that's that's really scary because you know it's it's kind of like this on on, on two different levels. The first level is when I was in seminary, we were first taught to be able to prove your point from a biblical and a scholarly standpoint. Then the second thing is make sure that your topic that you're trying to prove is worthy of being defended, worthy of being scholarly uh, 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 taken upon. And so the issue is that Trump surrounds himself with people that are just like him, billionaires, white, scared males, you know, and ignorant white women. Excuse me, I'm not saying all white women are ignorant. Don't y'all say that I said that, because I'm not saying that. I'm talking about the people that he surrounds himself with. The only Uncle Tom that he's got on his staff is that nut Ben Carson. Hmm. What a, he is as dumb as a whole handle. People forget (laughs) how stupid this idiot was when he was talking about the pyramids were used for storing grain. (laughs) <laughs> I was so embarrassed. I was so embarrassed. He may be really good at being a neurosurgeon, right. but when it comes to knowing anything about, you know, world history, he's as dumb as a box of rocks. That is the epitome of stay in your lane. And, and, and it's a shame. So he surrounds himself with people like this who yeah. would say the pyramids were used for storing grain. Pyramids were a tomb and a sarcophagus. You know what? It happened to be on a large scale, not for storing grain, you dummy. And, and, and these people that, you know, the one, no, I was going to say the one sane person, but I can't even say that. I was, I was trying to give some credit to, I'm not, I, I, I do not like the vice president, Mike Pence. There, oh, he's worse. I there's, think he's worse than Trump. I, there's nothing he's I like worse. about Mike Pence. He's worse. But the one thing that Mike Pence can do is at least he knows not to 
embarrass himself too much with with his words. And the problem is he doesn't um he doesn't he doesn't talk. He's let he doesn't he doesn't fight the president. He doesn't challenge the president. He is letting the president be Donald Trump. He's letting Donald Trump be Donald Trump. And I, I for, there was something in my head that thought, you know what? Mike Pence is going to challenge him. Mike Pence is going to challenge Mike Pence ain't doing jack. And and like I said, I'm not a Mike Pence fan. I just held out hope that mm-hmm. somebody would challenge this man. Well, you know, you know to, to a great extent, too, like Brother Tier said when he called in, and Brother Tier, I don't know if you're still listening, sooner or later, one thing is going to happen. He's going to fall on his sword. He's going to fall on his sword, and he's going to make such an idiot of himself that those who are backing him are going to realize, wait a minute, the rats are jumping off the ship. we got to get off, too, because that means the rats know something we don't know, and it's taking water on this ship, and it's going to eventually sink. So we better get off now. What we got to This is a this is a classic uh, story of the emperor has no clothes. That's right. That's what we're looking at here. That's right. You want the final word, Jamal? I don't know, man. <laughs> we we went in we went in on Trump quite a bit. Um, I mean, you 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 want to say that it can't get any worse, but I'm afraid to say that. Cause this dude the, is the, the universe, the universe is listening. The, whole, try, the universe is going to prove you wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't, so, don't, don't so I'm not, I'm not going to say it. But the hope, the hope <laughs> is that there. the hope is that it get better. I mean, it, my, my concern is, is at what point will Congress, you know, other Republicans and politicians step in to prevent any further damage before it gets to a point to where something happens and now it's too late. Right. You know, whether that be like, you know, something that leads to another war that could have been prevented. That's right. You know, cause I mean, if, if, unless Trump is kept in some kind of a check, you know, if he's going to make decisions based off of, you know, his ego, he, he can easily make a decision that upset our, our, has repercussions that lead to a war. Right. You know, you and, know, there was a group right before the election, there was a groove on Facebook and he asked all of the people listening he says if if, if Trump is elected what do you think is your worst fear mm-hmm. about a Trump election and everybody was saying all this stuff this that and the other and to me the first thing that came to my head was Trump said that he would undo everything that Obama did including this Iran deal you know one of the things that Obama did was he negotiated for Iran to stop building their nuclear program in exchange for lifting some sanctions on the country. And Obama worked out that deal. And Iran and the United States finally came to an agreement and they stopped this nuclear program. And that, to me, scares me the most because one of the things that Trump said on the campaign trail is screw this Iran deal sanctions and I'm afraid of a nuclear armed Iran you know I'm afraid of a pissed off North Korea I'm afraid of a, a, a mad China because of whatever trade war that comes across um, who, who the, has the largest army in the world uh, exactly you, you know what I'm saying Something is going to happen where this man sets off a firestorm that leads to repercussions that have a snowball effect. Right? Exactly. That's the scary thought right there. Yeah, so like all this other, you know, nonsense that the media focus on or people focus on with him is, uh, I don't really concern myself with that too much. Uh, but like you said, it's, it's more pressing issues that, that can be a concern because, uh, you know, when, you're the president and you work with all these other countries and leaders of these other uh, nations you is is everybody has to compromise that's what keeps everybody in check that's what keeps everything in place all right you getting a piece of your pie you getting a piece of your pie and i'm getting a piece of mine and and that's going to keep everybody so you're going to have your disagreements you're going to have uh you know your backlash every now and then but to Make sure that you don't do anything that exceeds that level that leads it, like you say, to another war or some major, you know, conflict in which lives are going to be affected. Uh, um, 
partnerships is going to be affected. That's mm-hmm. that can have a devastating effect to you know not only this country but you know countries all over the world. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm pretty sure anybody that has a, a military family or a, fam, a relative in in the service don't want to hear that. I know it's soldiers that don't want to hear that. No, I got a half brother who's in the air you know? force, and and the last thing I want. Is for him war? to go back to the Middle East. He mm. he did that already over some nonsense. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> over some nonsense. Exactly. So hopefully it doesn't come to that. Um, you know, but uh, I think I'll close it on that. But okay. you know, like I say, it's, we're gonna see. We're one month in, mm-hmm. and we got a long way we to go. We're one month in. Oh man! All right, I tell you what. Let's close it like this. We got some a couple announcements to make. Um. First thing that we got is um, next week on Saturday, March 11th, out here uh, in Southern California, we have something that we're doing for children. We have something called Career Day. We are bringing professionals, professionals in the sports world, professionals in the science and technology world, professionals who are writers, professionals who are artists, professionals who are in law enforcement. We're bringing all these professionals for one day in San Bernardino at the New Hope Baptist Church on 17th Street in San Bernardino. We need you to bring your children there so that they could be exposed to professionals in different careers. So we got career day happening Saturday, March 11th at 10, 10 o'clock in the morning. And uh, we want you to make sure to tune in, especially tomorrow. We got some shows on the lineup at uh, Studio W, The Buzz. Tune in tomorrow for a brand new show. We got a new show, 5 o'clock p.m. Pacific time. We have some R&B uh, show hosted by a an incredible brother. Some of y'all listened to him when he showed up on Ladies Night last uh, last Thursday as a guest. Well, he's got his own show. He was that good. So you need to tune in tomorrow, Wednesday at 5 p.m. to Studio W The Buzz and listen to the Mighty OT. All right, um, ladies and gentlemen, this has been Groove Talk Radio. We want you to tell your friends to download that app, IMG2. That's IMG and the number two. And tell your friends to tune in every Tuesday at 5.30 p.m. for Groove Talk Radio. Uh, y'all, y'all pray for this country. Y'all pray for this country because I live here too. <laughs> and we will see you next week on Groove Talk Radio. I'm out of here.